Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Starfleet Universe On Call. I am Paul Franz, owner of Franz Games. I'm an SWB Online, Fedcom Online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just when I join us for a talk guest every Thursday night starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you can either call on the phone to style 605-562-0444. Just follow the directions and the call ID is one seven seven zero two. Are you going to participate on the web? Just go to the talk show website at www.talkshow.com and search for quality 17702 or SFU on call or Starfleet Universe on call. You'll find us there. But, but of course, if you want the best online experience, you go to twitch.tv, twitch.tv slash SFU on call, and you will find us there. You'll be able to join the chat room and have a wonderful time there with the other people in the chat room. Moving on, going forward, if you need to contact me for any reason, my email address is sfuoncall at gmail.com. It's S-F-U-O-N-C-A-L-L at gmail.com. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter account there is sfuoncall. Also, you can follow my personal account. That's Paul Franz, P-A-U-L-F-R-A-N-Z. There is no T in that. And also, if you want to follow my business account, which is Franz Games, go to F-R-N-Z-G-M-E-S. Again, there's no T in that. And of course, this lovely podcast gets from the podcast available on iTunes and various other feeds around the net. Um, quick news, maybe. You know, Steve Patrick is still busy working on a Ryan Master Starship book. I'm not sure where he is in that. I have not heard any updates on it, so I'm assuming he's continuing to work on it diligently. Moving onward, uh, on the found on the online store for this week. We have a Call of Arms Starfleet Book 1.2 Deluxe Edition. That's $29.95. Oh, sorry. This, uh, I'm sorry. This, uh, this, that's $29.95. Now, the important thing for this edition is that you must have it to play with the, Star, the Call of Arms Starfleet Book 2. Because lo and behold, you know, it's one of those things that the 1.2 is not, you know, it's yeah, the it's, it's version, but version 2 is just an expansion on the original. Now, of course, lovely, this is, A Color Arms Starfleet is a game of special space combat in the Starfleet universe. Throughout the human humanity space age history, the United Federation of Planets has explored the octet of space it is in, but has come under pressure from enemies who sometimes become friends, other times it is war. Now, you can play out these confrontations on your tabletop with fleets from the Federation, the Klingon Empire, the Romulan Empire, and many other empires, including pirates. Yes, arg pirates. Found in the Alpha Octant. From skirmishes with a few destroyers to clashes with large fleets, the color arm star fleet is what is needed to.
to make your own history and test your own skills. Choose from Federation Klingon, Romulan, Zinni, Gorn, Tholian, and the Orion Pirates. You can protect convoys on shipping, civilian shipping, or choose to fight one of the included scenarios or create your own. You can even run a campaign using Call to Arms. Then a reminder, you, you need that if you want to get Starfleet, a Call to Arms Starfleet book 2, which will probably be my found the online store next week. This kind of preview there. When it comes to FBLI tournament, Sapphire Star 16 tournament. Well, guess what? Round one is complete because uh, my game is complete and, uh, well, I lost. Um, got completed in 11 turns. I survived <laughs> for that long. Um, definitely, we're going to have to do a review over that in, in this upcoming podcast, so keep, keep tuned for that. Um, also, obviously, round, as the round one's complete, also round two, we already have one of the games complete, so we already have matchup for the semifinals. Obviously, when it comes to um, the other side of the bracket, from to the winner, again, in my game, Jeff Clark, um, he now goes on to fight Peter Bikia, which is going to be a Hydrant versus the Romulan Firehawk. So that should be an interesting battle. Obviously, the big issue with the Hydrant is going to be Mizia. So hopefully, Peter can survive it. Um, it's going to be a, a little different played. I think it should be played differently. Though, obviously, the interesting part about that is that the Hydrant also has the two phaser Gs, like the LDR, but, of course, the Kelp. You have those nice little things called hellbores, <laughs> which, the, and of course you have the floating nuclear space mines, which are the, his fighters. Moving onward and forward, uh, when it comes to library, there's been no updates when it comes to SFB library or the Vidcom library. So at that, that is the news for this week. So, Mario Paul friends, welcoming you to Starful Universe on call. And tonight we have Doug. Say hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. And we also have Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, how are you doing? Doing hey, good. Paul. I'm here, and you're here, which is good. Okay, and boom. Setting up my little iPad monitor over there, so I can. Keep an eye out and see what I'm actually <laughs> streaming. Because every once in a while, I'm streaming not what I expect to stream. So, but anyway, moving on forward. So, let me switch to this. And actually, I, I need to do this first. Um, just a quick um, update on my game, which I lost. Um, just spoiler alert there. Um, oh. yeah. Um, okay. this is, this is where we, we ended, which is, um, it was actually kind of interesting and, um, yeah, this, this is completely me. This is completely him. And, you know, I come around, I go, I'm going to, uh, catch my open butt. 
Um, come around here and so forth. And then on what I do is I actually, um, I did, a, I did a stop and then, uh, right. It was right here where I, I started stop. So I could actually, um, do a, um, uh, tacking. I can do two tacks. And then uh, midterm speed changes to speed 10. Well, what happened um, on last turn was that, actually, not, was it last turn or turn before? It was turn nine, actually, turn nine. So it was two turns ago. Um, so I do that. I do that thing. And then I do the midterm speed change. And after the midterm speed change, he, he launches a um, plasma torpedo at me. A 60-point plasma torpedo. I have my last wild weasel. So what do I do? I launch the last wild weasel. Oh, yeah. Before we get there, actually, let me back up one from last week's. Because last week's we were discussing the whole issue of where I was previously in that um, I was three hexes behind him. We were basically heading off in opposite directions. And we, I was debating whether going for speed or um, stopping and hacking and then running off. You know, you know, I, I and what I, I ended up deciding is that I actually I, I did a tack and then I went to speed ten because of that still limits yeah limits me for the beginning of the turn like my max speed is going to be speed ten but after that I can go speed twenty and that's going to be as fast as I'm going to be probably going to be going anyway so it's not like I need to go like greater than speed twenty at that point so anyhow um, I. I I did my tack tax and I got around it was a range four yeah range four attack on a shield number four and I did a you know unfortunately here's I think where the gotcha two the hurt the the one thing that hurt me that finally killed me which is that I only hit with three out of four. Sorry, no, I only hit two out of three overload disruptors because one of my disruptor was dead at that moment. Um, it had been killed the previous turn, so I had no way of repairing it in time to have to launch to fire four overloaded disruptors. So I only I won I fired three disruptors and uh, I think it's four phaser ones. There are three overloaded disruptors and four phaser ones at his rear shield. Unfortunately, I missed with one disruptor. And because I missed one disruptor, I only got three internals. And the three internals basically were um, two, I think it was two center, whoops, back, bring it back. Two center warp here and something else. But because of that, I feel like that that cost me the game. Because of this. Okay, we got here. And what happened is that he decided when he came around here and launched a plasma torpedo, he ended 
Um, he started the turn with zero. And when he did that, he then, instead of coming forward, he basically went in reverse. So that, you know, his, his, his good shields were facing. Um, actually, I did a lot of this damage to shield number, number six, I think it was, you know. Um, and so I, I never, actually, I didn't get through, but I had to fire anyway. So he, and at this point, he was going negative nine, basically. You know, he launched, this is his final uh, involved with Plasma Torpedo. This is on turn 11. And unfortunately, you know, I I could not, even if I would have been able to kill one of his, his torpedoes this turn, it was all over. Because of, he got the... They launched the one, killed my wild weasel, and then he just had to launch another one and killed me. Now, one thing is, as I said, I think the critical thing here for why I lost at this point was that I didn't hit with that extra overloaded disruptor. If I would have hit with extra overloaded disruptor, I, I feel confident in saying that I most probably would have gotten a torp hit. Still, you know, I understand that even if I wouldn't would have gotten the internals, the extra um, eight internals, sorry, yeah, extra eight internals, that's still not guaranteed I would have gotten the torp. But I feel like that if I would have gotten that torp, that would give me the opportunity to knock down the shields and actually do the, the inflict the damage that I need to inflict to take out his other torp. And after I knock out this other torp, then I would have won the game. Because if I would knock down both torps, then these 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 he got real real thing on his hands. Um, now, obviously, the, the biggest issue for me still would have been his phasers. You know, he could still phaser me and, and give me some internals and slowly, you know, decrease the number of weapons that I have one at a time. So the one thing I did do this past turn at the end of turn, turn 10 i i repaired two phaser ones as phaser threes so that i had some um extra padding for my phasers and lo and behold da -da -da -da, you know it got it got hit but you know after the, the developer because what i did is i why i was facing up that i i used both my phaser g's the phaser down the um enveloper so it didn't do as much internal damage but given that i had three down shields and the other sh and the total number of boxes left on the rest of the shields was like 10 boxes you know obviously i did some i had some uh, mighty bit of reinforcement on shield number four so that i still <laughs> i still had a shield at the end it's just that at the end i had four power one Disruptor and three phaser ones. So I, I, I felt like at that point, um, I was toast. Because, as I said, I, I would have had to have him down to one torpedo. If I had him down to one torpedo, I wouldn't have got, uh, if I, I wouldn't have gotten hit this turn by that plasma torpedo. 
And I, I, I feel like I could have won at that point. Now, if, if we want to go back a, a little bit, um, and that is the, the initial, you know, I want to say mistake, but I'm not quite sure it was a mistake. And that is, I got cornered. There. Sorry, the local Zinni is, is, is around and he's looking to, to see if he can join me. What is, what is goofball? Yeah, he wants, I'm sure he wants to join me. We'll, we'll have to wait and see it on that. But anyway, um, and, and that point, it was either take 50 points of torpedoes or wild weasel. And I chose to use wild weasel. And after that point, I was constantly trying to, to build up my speed and never could because it kept on throwing torpedoes at me. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, speed is life with that ship. Yep, that, that's basically it. And 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 that's the the problem because the question was that in, I could have knocked down probably the F, but I would had uh, a thirty point thirty points. Taken, in which case I would be able to keep up the speed, but I would have had to um, um, basically take a whole shield down. And the thing is, he was always launching a lot of. Uh, after that, he, he would kept on launching envelopers. And the, when he kept on launching envelopers, I had, I had the choice, which is either try to phaser it down and take all the shield damage, or and and, and keep my speed up. Or use a wild weasel, and for the next two times I chose wild weasel. It wasn't until the last time that I chose on. I said you know, I, I realized I was fighting a losing battle, and I had I couldn't keep doing this, you know. So I, I finally you know, I took it and I kept on going after him. This is when I actually was able to. Um, you see it a little bit here. But I was able to um, basically use my ESGs and, and corner him, and then um, pin him against the wall and and hit him with the ESGs. In which case, I was able to take down the shield number five and do uh, quite a bit of internals. Now, to be brutally honest about this, there. On turn number, I'm thinking about this for a moment. I think it was eight or nine. Basically, when, when I, I pinned him, he launched a 30-point torpedo. Now, the funny part to me was he had a choice. And he chose something which I totally did not expect. Which was he had a choice of going after, having the torpedo come right down my throat against my 30 my basically down shield number one or go against my shield number two and he went against my shield number two now my guess at this moment in time is that he thought that I would use my phasers to go against the shield against the, the plasma instead of his ship and I didn't do that I used my one phaser G 
to go against the plasma. I took the, the phaser ones and I, I launched, fired that against the ship. So, um, cause, and this, you know, this was that, that fatal movement was the same impulse where I basically slammed the ESG against him. And of course, because it's an ESG, it's whatever, it's going to be the, the facing shield. So the, um, I got the hit, hit him with the ESG and then my, my um, disruptors and my phasers knocked down his shield. Now, I've, the, the biggest issue that I had, of course, is power. I, um, uh, most of the game, I would, I overloaded two disruptors and two of them were standards. Now, did I always get into to overload range? Mostly not. You know, because of I, I was going so slow. But I was hoping he'd come in closer so I could fire overload. Now, I, I did, in my mind, when it comes to doing that, I also made a mistake in that I didn't fire my standard, standard disruptors as often as I should. So there were certain turns where I had the disruptors in arc, but I did not fire them, so I had discharged standard, some standard disruptors at the end of the turn. So, you know, that was possible wasted um, shield damage, which could have been later on um, used to get internals. Now, I can't, I, I, I don't know, don't remember exactly what shield was facing me. I don't think, I'm not sure it was shield 5 or shield 6 or whatever, when the disruptors were in... Um, an arc, but you know, I think that was also a, a minor mistake that I did. Just you know, a waste of power there. Now, I should I kept on doing standard and, and overloads? Probably not, but I wasn't sure what he was going to do. I was always, always thought he was going to coming closer and he never did he mainly played the lost the plasma and, and stay outside um close range as much as possible but yeah he, he would he get into range eight yeah sometimes he would and like in case there's sometimes he's he got to range eight late in the game and then when he got in the into um got into yeah but it is a bot um, late in the game, I that I'm sorry, late in the turn is what I meant. Um, late in the turn, that's when I, I decide that you know I'm not gonna fire my disruptors because it's late, and if I fire them now, he'll you know he'll have an opportunity to to be closer in, and and I won't be able to get my disruptors to hit him, you know, before he comes in too close. So, so to say the very least, um, uh, it was. A long game. It was eleven turns. It took quite a few weeks to get completed, mainly because of Jeff Clark is in Japan. Because he's in Japan, um, most of the time we had to work. We had to work around basically his schedule, which for him he's usually available right before work, which means seven seven a.m. his time, five p.m. my time. So we could play for like an hour, possibly two hours, 
and um and get things done but it, it took us it took us what around six sessions if not more to get it all done you know, we we played multiple times you know during the week so it was a good it was a good game ah uh, uh, what <laughs> oh sorry i thought i was muted no you're not muted <laughs> you okay i'm assuming so um so with that you know obviously well, when I find out, okay, the one thing that I must have, okay, I like the LDR, I like the, the speed. I definitely, um, when it comes against uh, a Fed, I would not like the ship at all. So they get, it's but, great against the Fed. What? It, it, it's, it's great against the Fed. As long as you don't get overrun or jackpotted by them, you're fine. Well, that's. The thing is, it's essentially a speed ship, and every time you stop, or you're spending whole turns going less than speed 20, you're literally throwing away the biggest tactical advantage you have with that ship. It's a Jaguar. It's when it when they put the name Jaguar in there, it's like it it is like a Jaguar, like the car. It's mm -hmm. meant to be driven fast, and maneuver around your opponent constantly the, the the only thing that i could tell from the uh what you were showing us is that really the opponent had the benefit of negating that yeah and you know it's it is what it is so there you go mm -hmm. he did well yes he did very well you got to keep your uh you got to dictate which shields you shot a lot, which is a huge thing. So if you get multiple passes on a weak then down shield, or if you can get a good overrun in between his main weapon cycles, that's a win for you. But yeah. if he manages to dictate the terms of the maneuver, He's going to win. He attrited you down, and he got you with an enveloper after getting all your shields down. Yep. So, yeah, as it is, most of his torps... He, he played to his strengths. Yep. Most of the plasma plasma S's he, he, he launched were envelopers. He played yeah. a, a really long enveloper game. Yeah, and you have to commit to that. Yeah. And he committed to it, and it worked for him because you weren't able to outrun them. Yep. Because you're going too slow. And it's like, the years that I played that ship, I don't remember. I probably did at some point, but I generally don't remember ever weaseling with it. So That, that ship actually doesn't want to weasel. What you want to do is you want to use two suicide shuttles on that ship. Yeah, oh, understood. Absolutely. I understood. You know, I said I, I got cornered. But this is all. This is all posts Monday morning. Well, Thursday night quarterbacking. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because uh, you know, I I came around here. He came down this way and, and cornered me down in, in the lower portion of the map. And that's when he launches his fifty plasma torpedoes. You know, one left and one S towards me, and there was no way I he and then he came up this direction, and I had no way to get past those torpedoes. Because I was not going. I'm not sure why. I think it. Yeah, basically, I, I didn't have enough speed. I, even even yeah. I don't think even speed would would have helped at that point, because he, he launched it when it was like what four round range like. I forget. I think it was like four. You gave up the speed initiative. You you totally gave up the speed initiative. So, yeah, you were toast at that point. Yeah, he did what he had to do. Yeah, agreed. And, it, and his strategy paid off. Mm -hmm. And he managed to sort of minimize your advantages. But you also helped him when you didn't go as fast and keep the speed up. So, there's that. Oh. Understood. Something something monsters, I think. What's that? Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been talking about monsters. Actually, the one that I want to talk about tonight, which actually it's interesting. Uh, I'm just going to bring up the game real fast. I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to look at the EA for a moment. Bum, bum, bum. Got the opponent, this is the opponent's EA. You know, looks like... Load them as started with with them as as G's. To okay, then then a, a developer here and developer here and developer here. Oh yeah 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 yeah. But mine okay, where's mine? Mine's here. Whoop no, that's the SSDs. My EAs. There, yeah. Turn three. Yeah, that's, that's where. This one, yeah, I was going speed 21. I started at speed 24 and then decreased the speed 21. That's when I... Um, Died? That's, no, that's when I got cornered. Um, it was on turn two. And then, you know, then I started up with... Um, Speed zero, then go to speed 10, and then next one 10, 20, and then 19 on turn four. And then turn um, turn five, I with speed eight, four, and then back to 13. The idea there was that because he was so close, he was gonna, I was gonna need to uh, monster while weasel. And the idea was to anticipate the use of the wild weasel and then so I could keep up my speed as much as possible. So turn six. Yeah, but like Barry said, and like I said, you don't want to weasel with that ship. That, that's a dying strategy. Understood, but, you know. It's something you might do with the Fed or the Gorn or anybody else that can 
take some internals, but you don't ever want to stop with that ship. Understood, Ron. I got I got cornered. I, I don't I didn't see any way out of it. You know, I was uh, at that point. I'm not sure if I was going speed twenty. Well, I was going probably speed twenty one at that point. And speed twenty one, you know, he cornered me, and, and so I had, I had no way out. So, anyway, onward and forward, on to the SAB monster for tonight, which is the Death Probe. To me, I was actually reading through the rules of this um, this monster. <coughs> nasty beast. Nasty beast. Um, basically, it's a ship with no energy allocation. You have, you have to... Um, it's, it's a player... Um, it's not automated... It, it's played by a player. And it requires two players. One's a Death Probe player. Um, and has weapons, you know, two, two Phaser 4, six photon torpedoes, six Phaser 1s, two Phaser Gs, and two drone racks. With an unlimited Type 1s, not necessary, and not necessary to reload, and able to launch one drone um, per turn. The Death Probe has unlimited seeking weapon control, and um, it can fire photon torpedoes every turn. Um, there is no recharge turn. With whatever legal status or fusing the death probe wishes at the instant of shooting. So he doesn't even have to plan that. And the death probe never receives feedback damage. To me, the interesting part about this, this nasty little guy, one, um, it has these weapons and you have to do 600 points of damage to, to half that. Now, and also Death Probe can repair 20 points of damage itself each turn, but can never um, but can never have more than 800 points of damage and cannot begin any such repair until the following, it had turn following, it actually had the damage. So 20 points of repairs are added to Death Probe's current total points at the end of each term, they they're used, but you have to do at least six hundred points of damage to cripple it, so it has half the amount of weapons, and then you have to do a total of eight hundred points of damage to actually destroy it. Also, uh, where is it? Da, 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 da. Uh, movement. The death probe can move at any speed from zero to thirty-two. Has a turn mode of A. Handover perform two hets at any speed each turn with no chance of breakdown. The Death Probe cannot perform erratic maneuvering as a size class one for purposes of triggering mines, and Death Probe cannot enter any atmosphere or land on the planet. So I found that interesting because in my mind, this, this seems like a perfect a perfect um, monster or ship or scenario um, if you want to bring in a new player. They just needed to know how to fire. They don't have to do any energy allocation. They can specify, uh, you know, given that they might not know about midterm speed change, which can be introduced relatively quickly, you know, it specifies its turn, you know, um, its speed at the beginning of turn, and obviously it can have 
They can do midterm speed changes, but it has to be plotted. You can't do anything on reserve. There is no reserve power for this ship, which is interesting. And in that case, a lot of cases, it's not needed. You know, for everything, because it has all the power it needs to fire these weapons. Um, so the Senate released to say it's nasty is is definitely now. Um, it's going to fight a squadron of of six hundred BPV. And the idea, of course, is that the death probe is going to um, obliterate the planet. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Don't mind me. I'm I'm looking. One thing I forgot to look for, which is the victory condition. Other, okay. If the death probe scores 1,000 points of damage on the planet, the planet is destroyed. The planet is destroyed, the death probe wins. If the death probe is destroyed, the squadron wins. If both are destroyed, interesting, it is a draw. At each point of damage on the planet kills 1 million sentient beings, the extent of victory will become apparent. So, um, because as I said, you know, I think this seems like a really good for a new player. So you don't don't worry about the EAs. You don't, all you have to do is make sure that you know your turn mode, which is turn mode A, and and use that to move around. You have a more you know, a, a player that already knows the game. They can fly the squadron. Though the thing is, um, the, the, the playtester comments. What they're saying is that this scenario is excellent for someone who's just learning to operate entire squadrons. It provides a single powerful opponent with a clear objective to find. A senior, more experienced player could, could use as a scenario to train players relatively new to the game, which is what I mentioned. Um, and and uh, even before I heard the, saw the play tester comments, I, I thought the same exact thing when it comes to teaching, you know, to quote unquote train players, basically teach players. How to move ships, how to do you know how turn modes work, how firing weapons work without having to worry about how do they charge, um, speed and midterm and midterm speed change without having to worry about energy allocation. You know, it's really it's a, it's a neat scenario when it comes to that. And I, I I really like that. I got love some of the tactics, which is. For the death probe, never forget that the planet is the objective. Crushing ship is all well and good, but the destruction of planets is paramount. Remember that the squadron player can sacrifice the entire force if it stops you. So expect them to park right next to you and invite you to finish off the cri their cripples just to try to add the explosion, explosion of their ships to your damage. Now, again... That was the old Yes, I know. That, that's what I was going to point out, which is my guess is this is this is the old explosion rules because the new explosion rules, the amount of damage is like it's a little, it's some something, but it's not that big. It's a lot bigger. It's nerfed by comparison. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you wouldn't do that now. Now, um, of course, on the other hand, no enemy squadron equals dead planet. So. Real quick, real quick. <laughs> and the, the tactics for the squadron, prayer is strongly suggested. 
If you get too close, you'll <laughs> lose a minimum one ship on each path. The Death Probe propels too quickly for finesse. Consider getting some really cheap heavy hitters in there quickly. They will not last, but you have you have to do major damage quickly and you, and keep piling it on until the Death Probe goes down or you run out of ships. If you have to hit them with everything, which includes, if available, T-bombs, suicide shuttle scatter packs, and the peripheral kitchen sink. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree with that because just to slow them down, you have to get 600 points of damage. Now, is that possible? Yeah. Especially, I'm thinking of a squadron which is full of feds. You know, um, that is, you know, the um, overload photon torpedoes or possibly um, uh, hydrogen hellbores is, is a possibility. Um, obviously, given that the um, death probe has no shield, all, all the energy goes towards damage. You know, it has no shield, so... It, it, uh, there's nothing to protect it. And as I think I pointed out, which is it gets it gets repaired 20 points of damage each turn. Which is which is good. So how many points does it have altogether? Eight hundred. Okay. Six hundred slows it down, eight hundred destroys it. Right. And it can repair twenty points a turn. Yep, and Barry's gone. What? Oh, good night, Barry. I guess. Hope you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd... It would be very bad. That to... I'm not okay. Let's not say that. If he was driving, he probably just hit a bad cell area. Yeah. Yeah. I probably, probably got cut off. But anyhow. Yeah, yeah. The, the, to me, this looks like a fun scenario to play. You know, oh, that'd be interesting. I'm not sure how well they would do. Um, they're, they're staying, staying some of the variations. One of those used two or three space dragons instead of a squadron, and I, I can see that as a scenario. Just for the plain simple reason, I mean, in in the the Star the universe where it, I, it's kind of a realism thing, and that is you know that you have if you have um, a nesting area on the planet, you know then the the two or three space dragons are trying to protect the planet from being destroyed because of da 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 da, you know it's gonna hey, kill all the babies. Even better training scenario is if you use the. Uh... The space dragon monster scenario where it is doing something like defending its nest or whatever and the new player has this ship mm -hmm. no yeah yeah oh agreed agreed and actually um if you want to take it out completely yeah oh yeah and I, th I think if you want to actually you could actually use it for training two players if you use the dragons because the dragons um Again, they're they don't. Of course, that's not the core game, though. But there you go. Right, right. But it has, but it has some of the mechanisms that need to be taught. 
you know, you know, the, um, oh, yeah. obviously the, 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 the tough part with, with the, the, I have to double check the space dragons when it comes to turn modes. Yeah. Cause they, they have some special things that actually could do in, th in theory. Um, they could, um, physically attack it. I think with claw, they can do a claw attack. That dragon wouldn't last for long. <laughs> It'd be dead pretty quick. Um, another area here's it says allow the defending player to use a BPV, use the BPV to establish the defended planet with a minefield, defense satellites, and other ground bases. Players option how players option how he spends the BPVs. The defending player in this case. I would do well to ensure that he had a number of fighters and or PFs in the defensive force. Otherwise, the Death Pro could just destroy one, a few installations, move off to long range, make repairs, and then repeat the procedure until one of the arc of the planet is completely defenseless, basically. You know, if you had multiple players, this would be a good, good one for having a monitor for one of the new players to play, too. Mm-hmm. As part of the cost for the, the planetary defense. Yep. Agreed, though. As I think it's pointed out, the, the difficulty about about using um, fixed defenses against you against the death probe is as stated, which is the death probe can actually focus its um, damage on the one part of the planet, and after it does that, the planet's dead. Because it can come in without retribution. At that at that point. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, well, and that's what they're saying to use fighters. To have right. Fighter force because oh. they can go around it. Agreed. And, and they can launch waves of drones into it. Right. But the thing and is, if you got if you're hydrants, they could have like a wall of phaser G's. Yeah, I think. I agree. I I think. If you're going to play the variation with it, defending. Um, um, the a defended planet. I think one of the best ones would, would be to have lots of fighters. Oh yeah. Because um, the big thing about it, the fighters is that yeah, fighters can get killed pretty pretty quickly. But you get a lot of them. Got a lot of them, and you only have so many weapons. Um, um you got let me see, fourteen. 14 direct fire weapons, possibly if it comes in too close. 16. Dude, how, about, how about a dozen freaking Hydran fighters with fusions and phaser Gs? You know, plus a few ships. Yep. That would just destroy that thing in like one turn, probably. Be close. Because, you know, Probably a dozen points per volley on the phaser G's times, you know, assume 10 of the survive, 10 of them survive the first run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of damage. Oh, agreed there. Agreed there. The, I, and the fusions. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, up, up close and personal. Oh, hell yeah. Um, 
the big thing there, obviously, is I don't know the BPV of the fighters. Not much. Oh, I understand that they're, they're relatively cheap. Um, but and, and, and for what it's worth, you could actually end up having a Honda fighters for the BPV that they're listing. The, the question is how, where what do they launch from you know right right that's that's why uh i was thinking of if it's a defended planet basically have defenses, yeah. yeah planetary defenses have basically um that would be interesting overall Harris small Harris oh here you go Here's a way to defend it. Two small star bases with, you know, hydrons with full complements of Stinger 2s. Because <laughs> hmm. he has the blow, even if he blows up one of them to make a blind spot, he's still going to take a lot of damage from the base itself. And then if the fighters can overrun him once, he's probably toast. So, there's a thought. Understood. Okay, a battle station is 200 points. But it's... How much is a stinger, too? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Because remember, this, th those battle stations can have, I think, three squadrons each. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Right. There's the PS. What is it, Kitty? There's something else. Okay. And there's our... I just forget if it's a six-plane squadron or a 12-plane squadron. Okay, da, 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 da. Um, okay, let's go for Hydra. Where's the Hydrans? I got the, I got the master. Yeah, that's okay, that's all beds. Klingons. That's Romulans. Cine. Gorns. And Tholians. Hydrants. Okay. Da, 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 da. There it is. Stingers. Okay. A Stinger 1, which has max spell speed of 12 and 1, one P3 and 2 Fusions. You really that, want this thing too. Oh, understood, understood. But let me, that, that's that's eight points. Now, if you want phaser G's, that would be the the one. Okay, da, 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 da. Trying to get because there's all kinds of variants here. Good lord. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Stinger 2s flat out. Yeah, that's, that's the ones you want, the Stinger 2s. 15, max speed's 15. Obviously, you can have warp booster packs, which costs additional. 
but it, but it costs um, 10 PPV per fighter. So if you have two battle stations, that's 400 points. You have another 200 points, you got 20, 20, 20 stingers. That's what you'd have. Wow. And two attack runs, and they're gone. Yeah, but how much damage can they do? Yeah, that's, that is true. Because if you have 20 times, you know, the phaser Gs, that's almost like getting hit with a photon each. And those fusions are going to tear them up, too. So. Oh, agreed. That's one, that's one thing. I don't have the chart on me when it comes to... I, I know... I, I'm not sure if I have it. I know someone created the chart one one point, which is... Tournament Hydrant. That yeah, well, average damage for each weapon based on range. You know, like when it comes a, a, a phaser, a, a phaser one at like range one. The idea is you add up all the, the possibilities and divide it by six, well, it's, and that's your average. Range one, if range one, it's going to be like three and a third. So you're going to do like a dozen plus points, maybe thirteen, mm -hmm. which is pretty significant for <laughs> times twenty. Yeah, actually, um, the the question is how many would actually make it in to the proper range, because yeah. remember, would thing be tractored? No, uh, that's a good question. It has has it listed here. I just did not read it. Um, da -da -da -da. Systems. Uh, the pro the death probe cannot be tractored or tractor any object. Okay, so you can't death drag anything. Right, it cannot be boarded by boarding parties by any means, even for hit and run raids. It has. Hey, no, at least with the berserkers, you could board those things. True. Uh, the Saberhagen ones. Sorry. Hmm. And yeah, I was confusing that with um, like suicide traders. <laughs> which is an interesting idea, you know. Which is well, and I, the thing is, I think this guy, the fighter idea, might not be that great because he could just outrun them. Mm -hmm. He could keep them at a distance. Yep. He could just be thirty-two every time. You run them down a bit. You could just run r circles around that. And if you put the warp booster packs on the fighters, you could run circles around it and shoot them and do more effective damage because of the booster packs. Right, because it, it doubles the doubles the damage. Now, here's a another question: Does he have to? Is there a time limit on this? No. There's no, there's no time limit on this scenario. <laughs> and he can't be slowed or stopped. Well, he can be slowed by damage, but he can't be stopped for maneuver purposes. 
Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably get your squadron to point blank range. Take what damage you have to get in there, lose a ship doing it, but yeah. Oh yeah. Tough. Oh, I I I agree. It it's just it's gonna be but, bloody but brutal, hand, is what it's gonna be. But but on the other hand, one point of damage killing a million people on the planet uh, that seems a bit much. No. Nah. Yeah, one, each point of damage on the planet kills a million people, sending him beings. Hey, that's what they say, you know. Do we think that's a little... Well, compared to, like, how much damage it does to a ship. Yeah. The same, the same weapon systems used against ships. Right. That's just like a what the heck on the scale thing. Oh, oh, um, I, I, Doug, I totally understand. I oh. totally agree that I think one point is, yeah, no. Definitely would, I think it would take more than one point of, of damage to, um, to kill a million people. Sure, they have them stacked up. Because any might do good against that. They get two or three drone waves up, speed thirty-two drones mm -hmm. between him and the between the planet and him. That is true. That that that, that would be but good again, one. Then again, he can just literally circle. He can orbit that planet at high speed, so and run out the drones. Very true. And at that point, there's also, well, also you have the issue of fire control. No, oh, sorry, sorry, seeking weapon control. Make sure you have enough control channels to control all the drones that you need to because there's, there's a point where there's so many drones on the board, the best thing that the, the death probe could do, kill the ship. Kill the ship and like 12, you know, double, assuming it's hitting with double um, control, then that would be one ship could then also obliterate 12 drones right off the board. Mm -hmm. You know. But the other side of that is getting close, close enough to do that. Right. Agreed. So and you walls, wave after wave of drones between him and the Kazinis. The problem is the Kazini was eventually run out of drones. Mm -hmm. Even with reloading the racks and reloading the racks. There's a if there's no time limit on the thing. Right. And then of course the... if you say 40 turns, you know, a massive fleet shows up and obliterates the thing, then that would be kind of like helpful for the fleet player, but that's a tough one. Oh, that's, just, that's one of the toughest ones that they we've seen so far. Oh, I, I totally agree. Um, 
I agree that the idea of using the seeking weapons is a good thing. You know, as that's why I was thinking about fighters because of it can be small targets, but the lim number of weapons by the death probe is very limited. You know, as I said, it's like between fourteen and sixteen weapons that can fire. I I say fourteen to sixteen when it comes to direct fire weapons is because two of them are phaser G's. Phaser G's are not really that effective outside of range three. Oh yeah, six photons that are probably you know they're are they fully overloaded? Well, or as is it his choice? His choice. Okay. Every turn, there's no return with whatever legal loading status or fusing the death probe wishes at the instant of firing. Dude, if I was running the death probe, I might consider just an orbit at high speed at like range 25 to the planet and just six photons every turn. Okay, Proxus. Mm -hmm. Right into the planet. 50-50 shot, do 12 points a turn. You know. Oh. And if they if they, they make a run for the ship, well, you know, that's okay. You just overload them mm -hmm. the next turn and give them Bunch of phase fours and all those torpedoes. Agreed. Well, that's and turn away and and kite them for a bit. Make a big orbit, come back. Get between them and the planet. Just make a run pass on the planet. Mm -hmm. Just keep whittling away at the ships. So, I mean, the object for that guy is depending on the ship that you're facing it's if you eliminate all the ships and you have one point left then you're going to win because you can take out the planet otherwise if you can just keep the ships from doing effective damage to you by maintaining high speed and firing at long range those phaser fours and prox tor torpedoes you might actually destroyed the planet long before they get you mm -hmm. I don't know it would be interesting yeah um, it's definitely I, I was calculating it out and it almost yeah. sounds like something we should, could do on a game day mm -hmm. agreed um, it definitely take a minimum of not a minimum a minimum of like 8 turns if the death probe is just sitting there Firing at the planet and the ships are doing nothing against it. Um, it can get it done in, in eight turns. Which which they won't. I mean, they, they'll be trying to kill it. Right, and and definitely the death probe doesn't want to sit there and you know have it so that that the ships are just coming into like range one or range you know or range zero and and beating on and pummeling it while you're pummeling the planet. You know, you oh. can't you can't completely ignore the ships. But at the same time, as it was mentioned in the tactics, you can't ignore the planet because that is your goal. The goal is to destroy the planet. The goal is not to destroy the ships because if you destroy the ships and the ships destroy you, <laughs> yeah, 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 they win. That, that thing that has to that that would have that would be a pretty close run. So. Mm -hmm. And considering that they nerfed the ship explosion thing, I, I 
Oh, agreed. Agreed. You want to you just plot that for your staycation? <laughs> do it on a game. Do it on a, day, a game day. Because if you're talking about squadron, that could be multiple people on one side versus one guy running the death probe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Gotta 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 find a good a good game day for that. But anyway. I have a flexible schedule. I know you have a flexible schedule, and mine's not nearly as flexible. It's gonna be fun tomorrow. Well, fairly flexible. I mean, during the week, I do have to take care of the kids, mm -hmm. getting them to and from school and all that. Understood. Understood. Okay, well, it's it's starting to get into that that time of of, of the night where I turn into a pumpkin. And before I turn into a pumpkin, I think it'd be a good idea to sign off. Doug, it's always a pleasure to have you around. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, oh hey, Paul. Yes? Uh, we just... We just wrapped up. Uh, we just wrapped up gamers a few weeks ago. I just wanted to let you know mm -hmm. that uh, for the summer, mm -hmm. this is the once every seven years that my birthday falls on on the Saturday of gamers. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, so I asked the venue about it. And they said they are quite okay with us bringing in a cake and whatnot. Oh, cool. So I was thinking about doing some kind of birthday little bash thing. Oh, that'd be great. Not that that's just an incentive for people to come in, but hey, there'll be goddamn cake. <laughs> so there you go. Or maybe a few cakes. Yeah, or maybe a few cakes. Yeah, yeah so, you never know. I mean, well, it's like. You can't have big enough cake for people, everybody, to have, have a slice. Know, we, we used to have the um, the dessert contest right. on Saturdays, mm -hmm. and that that petered out because there was like there was one circle of friends that would come in, and it was like like five or six people that would come in and uh, they would participate in that very specifically. But uh, that group had a little bit of a falling out between some of the people and they stopped coming out and the uh when mike passed away that was two of them not not mike strain but um right right i, yeah, I know the mike you're talking about yeah uh, and when when he pat when mike passed away his daughter didn't come out afterwards i know and usually him and his daughter participating in that along with a few people in that other circle of friends. Right. So, but maybe we can put that back up there and say, hey, uh, Doug has a birthday bash. It's not just a cheap way of Doug getting some extra cakes there, but, you know. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely Mike is missed. Mike is missed. Yeah, Mike is very missed. Both of them are missed, at least yeah. by me. Understood. Well, <laughs> his daughter's moved on and going off to college and all that, you know, but I, oh, I, I think she's done with all that and, but life moves on. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, 
And so, I, could, I could easily see her not wanting to come out to that because of the memories. Yeah. So there you go. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Well, you have a good night. So, got to hear the the tales of woe, woe, from me and me, and how poorly I, I drove the ship. To, hey, come on! I I lasted eleven turns, so I, I couldn't must not have done too bad. And actually, I did a good bit of damage on his ship. You know, as, as I said, I think I could have pulled it out. If I would have hit with an extra disruptor and knocked out the one torpedo tube, because I think that would have, I think, I, I, I feel good that I could have um, knocked out the other torpedo tube, in which case I think you'd be toast at that point. Um, obviously, the, my, my biggest issue, I had no shields. But when you have actually a Melbourne blast with torpedo, you do, yes, it that definitely does things. Because otherwise, the, the game, basically, if. I would have kept up my speed and able to, to run run away from his plasma. Because obviously the one time I got I got cornered. But if I kept on running away from the plasma, it, it, the question is when how close do I get in as he's as I'm running away from its plasma? Because that that's the, that's what you have to do if against developers or any um plasmas is that you have to run them out. So anyway. So with that, I am Paul Franz, and I bid you a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.